had the opportunity to meet and work with a lot of wonderful people. I only hope that we never lose sight of one thing that was all started by a match. Oh boy, here we go! Are you kidding me? Out of the gates, this is not happening! By the way, what title would you like? Mary Poppins, practically perfect in every way. I ain't like a pig! Pumba, you are a pig. Oh. I almost forgot. That's why they call me Thumper. You're listening to the Magic on a Dollar podcast. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another edition of the Magic on a Dollar podcast. My name is David Dollar and I am your host for this 30-ish, so one sort of minutes excursion into magical excellence or mediocrity, somewhere in the middle, I'm sure. Glad you're here, glad you subscribe, glad you listen to the show, glad you are checking the show out. If you are a first-time listener, I want to welcome you to the Magic on the Dollar podcast. We talk about Disney stuff with a little bit of Universal stuff sprinkled in. If you are a long-time listener, I say thank you for being just that very thing. And if you're somewhere in the middle, you've heard a few shows, you're coming back, maybe after a while, you know what? Love to all of you. Magic and pixie dust sprinkled the top of your head uh, with unicorns and rainbows and a bucket of puppies just for you. Thank you. Thank you very much for listening. I really appreciate it. So let's just dive straight in. we got some great new stuff coming up. We'll talk about Bob Iger. We'll talk about Beauty and the Beast. We'll talk about the Ticket Center. We're also going to talk a little bit about uh, the new Hagrid ride. Some stuff has been coming out about that as well as we're going to get into the Disney Plus announcements that came out last week. Disney just released this tweet storm of stuff in terms of the new Disney Plus streaming service. So we're going to get to that. And we'll also be talking a little bit about Star Wars Celebration. We'll get to, we'll jump on that as well. Star Wars Celebration is the big Star Wars weekend event that happened last weekend, actually, uh, in Chicago. Star Wars fans from around the country and around the world all converged there to Chicago to do their Force thing. And we'll talk a little bit about some of the stuff coming up pertaining to Disney. So let's get to some news. This is Disney News from Around the World. All right, first up, we just got some quick things we'll just knock out here real quick. Just to keep you up to date, Bob Iger might be leaving the Walt Disney Company uh, after all. It's uh, something he has said he was going to do, and he just keeps coming back. But he says, I'm expecting my contract to expire at the end of 2021, and I'm going to say, and this time I mean it, but I've said it before, I've been the CEO since October of 2005, and as I've said many times, there's a time for everything, and 2021 will be the time for me to finally step down. Now, it looked like he was going to step down several years ago, and he came back. Uh, the theory was, or the, the going theory was, that he was actually going to try to do a presidential run in 2020, uh, but when the Disney-Fox merger really took hold in 2017, 2018, he agreed to stay on. Through his acquisitions... He has led the company into acquiring Pixar in 2006, Marvel in 2007, Lucasfilm in 2012. Of course, that's Indiana Jones, that's uh, Star Wars and all of that. And, of course, the Fox merger just finished up a few weeks ago, finally got it done all under his leadership. He has actually been a really, really good leader. Um, The one thing that I think most people have kind of kind of thought about and kind of agreed on, and I kind of agree with this too, is that he really has kind of neglected the parks somewhat. He's really put forth in acquisitions. He's put forth a lot of effort in growing the company in that manner, and it's been wildly successful. I don't know that we would have gotten Marvel or Pixar or Star Wars without Bob Iger. Who knows? The parks, I think, have kind of suffered a little bit, so I'm hoping we'll get somebody in there. Maybe Bob Chapik, the head of Disney Parks and Resorts, who has uh, who's doing that job now. Maybe he will come in. Maybe he'll take a hold. That'd be fantastic. Go, Bob. There is a new ticket center 
coming to Disney Springs. Now, if you go into Disney Springs, you will find that there's a welcome center kind of right in the middle. That's their version of guest relations. And it's always busy. As, as a travel agent, I have to go there to get my ticket. We do get sometimes discounted tickets just for us. We can't give them to other people or sell them to other people. Um, we get discount tickets, but you have to go in there and you have to kind of do some some stuff in there with the cast members to kind of get it worked out correctly. And, and uh, I found that sometimes wait times will take 20 and 30 minutes just there at Disney Springs. It's really, really busy. So they've actually opened up a new ticket center, which is by the Welcome Center, close to Blaze Pizza, and you can go and purchase your tickets. You can make upgrades. You can do. You can pick up will call tickets, renew your annual passes, do your military salute tickets, all that right there, which is actually really, really good because you won't have to wait in that long line. It's really kind of frustrating when all you want to do is add a day to your ticket or maybe you want to confirm an annual pass or maybe – you know, you want to to upgrade your ticket to a park hopper, and you've got to wait like 30 minutes or 45 minutes on an afternoon just to do that. It's kind of frustrating, so I'm glad they're doing that. And in some Beauty and the Beast news, earlier this year it was announced that Misner's Lounge at Disney's Grand Floridian was going to close down for refurbishment, but it also expanded out into Commander Porter's gift shop. If you walk into the lobby of... Um, of Grand Florida, and you'll see some of this area here. Well, they are actually going to open up a Beauty and the Beast lounge. Now, what does that look like? Okay, so apparently it's going to feature four unique spaces inspired by the live-action Beauty and the Beast film. I am reading currently from ThemeParkTourist.com, a great fun site for park news. Uh, The signature bar will glow from the light of a gold chandelier that takes its inspiration from Belle's flowing ball gown with nods to Beast's magical rose. In another room, guests will find a space that recalls the iconic library from the film with classic designs and French furnishings with hints of Beast's friends. Another room will give the garden room and be more of a whimsical space. Uh, and finally, an outdoor patio will evoke the romance of Beast's Garden Terrace. No word on when that will open, but that is coming to Grand Floridian. Now, we talked a little bit about the new ticket center at the Disney Springs. They're actually also doing a guest experience team and permanently at Magic Kingdom. And they're actually going to try it temporarily now at Hollywood Studios. I am all for this. And let me tell you what this means. So we went to Magic Kingdom a couple of weeks ago. We went to the parks on our vacation, and they have the blue shirts. Basically, they are they're cast members in blue shirts in certain areas of the park, and they are there to help you do all the things you would have to do at Guest Relations. All the parks have Guest Relations at the front of the park. So if you have a ticket issue, if you have a Fast Pass issue, if you have a Magic Band issue, if something's not just working right, if you need to, to book something, uh, if you need to get your uh, your your Guest Assistance Pass updated – you would have to go to the front, very front of the park every single time. I can't tell you how many times in previous trips I've dashed over to the front of the park with a handful of magic bands because something didn't work or I had to go wait in line. And the wait in line for guest relations at the parks, like Disney Springs, sometimes can be very long. So they actually have a guest experience team around different places, which is really, really cool because they have blue shirts. You walk up to the blue shirt person, the blue shirt cast member, and you simply tell them what's going on, and they will help you right there. They can look at stuff. I think there are certain things they can't do. I'm not sure they can do dining for you and things like that, but it's fantastic. And I know there's one at the end of Main Street, and we found another another one uh, somewhere over in, I want to say Frontierland. In anticipation of Star Wars Galaxy's Edge at Hollywood Studios, they've already set them up at Hollywood Studios near Sunset Boulevard, close to the Tower of Terror Fast Pass. Uh, Pixar Place near the entrance of Toy Story Land, Echo Lake near the entrance of the Path of the Jedi movie area, and near the movie Cameraman statue at Center Stage. So that is really cool. I'm really excited about that because because it's great. It's gonna be great to have them there. It's gonna be awesome to have them there. So so rock on for that. Some more gondola news. We keep talking about the gondolas, but they keep 
keep releasing a little bit of information here, a little bit of information there. Now, just a, what's been reported so far, of course, there will not be air conditioning. But they have now released some videos on the inside of the actual gondola itself. And there are some benches where there will be places for people to sit. Up to 10 people can sit there, can be in the gondola at one time. They have little air flaps on the windows where actually you can open the window. So they have an air control system, an air flow system. We'll see how that works once you're 60 feet up in the air trapped in a little middle box in the middle of August. So that's, uh, that's going to be fun. But something to know is going to be the the ride time length. Basically, rides are going to be anywhere from 10, 15 minutes or so. 300 gondolas will be up in the air, traveling at a speed of about 11 miles an hour. Now, when it gets to a station, it will slow down to about 1 mile an hour to allow people to board. If you are familiar with Spaceship Earth or the People Mover, something like that, where it slows down just enough for people to get on safely and get off safely. I would imagine, I know they have wheelchair access. I don't know about scooters. I could say they would, but I haven't seen that confirmed yet. But uh, for wheelchairs, I'm sure they may have a gondola off to the side where they pull the gondola, they butt you board with a wheelchair or scooter, maybe, and they pull that into the line and it goes from there. Or they may just stop everything for like 10, 20 seconds, enough to get somebody on board. Estimated Disney Skyliner ride times. Gondolas are going to be going from Caribbean Beach to Pop Century uh, or Art of Animation around six minutes. Caribbean Beach to Riviera Resort, the new resort coming, about five minutes. If you're traveling from Caribbean to Disney's Hollywood Studios, around six or seven minutes, and from uh, Caribbean to Epcot, around 15 minutes. Uh, Riviera Resort, the new one, to Epcot, about nine minutes or so. And I keep saying Caribbean Beach because that will be kind of the central hub of all of this, where people will be getting on and getting off. Obviously, you can get on and get off at any particular time along the way uh, at each station, but I think Caribbean will be kind of the main hub for the whole thing. So we'll see what happens with that. Gondola is coming up sometime uh, later on. Also rumored, uh, possibly they may expand out to the uh, to the to the water parks. They may expand out to Animal Kingdom. That's kind of been rumored as well, depending on how this goes. Now, this is not going to be like an attraction. This is not going to be like a, a ride or something. This is actually a solution that Disney is coming up with um, to help counter to help, you know, assist the buses and the boats and stuff because the buses are full. I mean, there's, you know, I've heard a lot of complaints over the last year or so about bus times being slower and buses not getting there on time, things like that, because the buses are just taxed right now with so many people. So I think the gondolas is going to be a great thing, and I'm really hoping, would that not be awesome to be able to take a gondola up to Animal Kingdom Lodge and not have to catch the bus because it's so remote out there in the corner. It's probably a 20-minute ride on a gondola, but still, that's going to be really, really cool. Hollywood Studios celebrates its 30th birthday on May 1st of 2019. In just a few short weeks, it will turn 30. It was MGM Studios, or Disney MGM, for a long time, and then it became Hollywood Studios sometime around 2006 or 7, something like that. But they've announced that they will be doing some cool stuff going on. Disney Hollywood Studios will have uh, will have an after-hours event for that night at Hollywood Studios. Regular park hours on May 1st are 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. Do the after-hours event for an extra ticket, and you'll be getting some extra kind of fun stuff going on there. Uh, there'll be a star-studded celebration, uh, Cavalcade starring Mickey and Friends, coming off at 10 a.m., and we'll go all the way down Hollywood Boulevard. They'll have commemorative 30th anniversary guides and maps and buttons and things like that. And, of course, merchandise, some merchandise, some merchandise, lots of merchandise to purchase that say Hollywood Studios uh, anniversary on it. And don't forget to stick around that night for the debut of Wonderful 
world of animation. It's the park's new nighttime projection show lighting up the park for the for the first time on May 1st. You can, and I'm reading this off the website, watch and wonder as the facade of the Chinese theater is magically transformed, giving this stirring tribute to animation. You'll see sequences celebrating themes like magic, family, adventure, romance, and friendship all on there. Sleeping Beauty, The Incredibles, Coco, Beauty and the Beast. It'll all be there right before Star Wars a Galactic Spectacular. So basically, it's like the Magic Kingdom where you go and you sit down, you watch the castle projection show which is fabulous by the way if you've never seen it stick around for the fireworks same thing here the show will debut at 9:05 p.m eastern time on may 1st so you can be the first person to see it if you're in hollywood studios on may 1st the 30th anniversary Turning our attention just for a second over to Hagrid's Magical Creatures Motorbike Adventure over at Universal Studios. They are opening up some details, some ideas, some things going on with uh, the new ride, which opens up sometime in June. And in the last couple of days, I say last couple, the last two days, they've released the creatures that will be there. Now, every day at 11 o'clock, they're releasing a new creature. So next week, maybe I'll have a full list. Today, however, I have two for you. First, Fluffy. The three-headed dog. And you know, that's the trusted guard dog of the Sorcerer's Stone in the first book and also in the movie. A gigantic three-headed dog that has to be put to sleep with a flute or some sort of music. Fun fact for you there, Fluffy belongs to Hagrid, who adopted him from a Greek fella he met in a pub. Made his first and only appearance in the film, Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone. The second creature that will appear that has been announced are the Cornish Pixies. The Cornish Pixies uh, made their first film appearance in Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets when Gilderoy Lockhart was trying to to release them to uh, uh, to the class, and uh, they went crazy because Gilderoy didn't know what he was doing, and all the students ran. Uh, per, poor uh, Neville Longbottom got held up by his ears and hung up on a on a chandelier. They can produce a high pitched jabbering that's only comprehensible to other uh, the other Pixies. They're about 13 inches tall, and you're going to find more than 20 Pixies throughout the adventure. Now, a hint for what's coming tomorrow, and by the time you hear this, it actually will already be out, but uh, the hint is, warning, struggling will only cause it to tighten its grip. And I have a feeling a lot of you know exactly what that is, but we'll talk about that more next week. We'll give you the full list of the Hagrid's Magical Adventure Ride, Motorbike Adventure, uh, I can't even say it, Hagrid's Magical Creatures Motorbike Adventure list of characters and creatures that will be in there. Can I just say, if you're going to create a ride, could you not have just said Hagrid's Motorbike or Hagrid's Motorbike Adventure? I know the Magical Creature is important, but it's just, we've talked about this before, nobody's going to say Hagrid's Magic. Hey, what are you, where are you going now? Oh, I think we're going to roll over to Ma- Hagrid's Magical Creature's Motorbike Adventure. They're going to say Hagrid's Bike or just Hagrid's. It's just too long of a title. So there is your news there for you folks as we kind of move over to the Star Wars stuff. I want to talk a little bit about Celebration, which happened this past week up in Chicago, Illinois. A lot of people gathered in Chicago uh, for Star Wars Celebration last weekend. And if you were on any kind of social media, mostly Twitter, but a lot of Instagram and even Facebook, you saw lots and lots of posts from Star Wars. I have been to a Celebration. I've actually been to two. I went to one in 2005 in Indianapolis, and I went to one a couple of years ago when it was in Orlando. Uh, some friends of mine and I got together and went, and it is a, it's a it's an incredible, incredible thing. It's a lot of fun. I kind of set it up, basically. It's, it's, it's a Star Wars convention is what it is, and they do announcements. They do panels. There are all kinds of celebrities that are there, chances to meet people. Uh, if you're a member of the podcasting community or Star Wars fan groups, you get to meet kind of people in those communities, so people I had only heard their voices and, and names and, and seen their faces online I actually met in person 
which was really, really cool. Some of my favorite podcasters, Star Wars and Disney podcasters, were there. And, of course, they have booths set up where you can buy tons of merchandise. And it's, it's a massive, massive thing. And so we went a couple of years ago, and a lot of lines. We showed up at probably 5 in the morning, I believe, and uh, we were waiting in line to get inside to get in line for another line you had to go to to go into a panel. where this, The Last Jedi had not come out, so they were still doing like uh, trailers and things like that for it. But they were doing different things, whatever. We saw John Williams, which was really cool. They were doing a panel on stage where they brought out uh, you know all the celebrities and everything. Ha- uh, Harrison Ford was out there. And then, of course... Pulling a curtain back, there was John Williams doing, you know, his conducting of some of the Star Wars themes, which was pretty incredible. It's it's bone chilling. I think we walked out, and it was maybe halfway through the whole entire weekend. And I think me and my friends were thinking we could probably leave right now and be satisfied with everything we've just had had just happened. So it is a really really cool deal, and I've only heard great things about this weekend. Now, I bring all of this up not just for the Star Wars part of it because I am a Star Wars fan, but also because Disney had a had a panel there for Galaxy's Edge. Now, they probably had several panels advertising different movies and, of course, different things coming up, but they had one for Star Wars Galaxy's Edge, and we really didn't, didn't learn anything we didn't already know. It was kind of a reconfirmation of some stuff that we did know. A few things that were shared, they, they premiered the, the Star Wars Galaxy's Edge Coke bottles. Of course, Coke is a big sponsor of Disney. And so the Coca-Cola bottles are kind of like little orbs, basically, and they're written in some sort of script, but they're done in the design that you'll know what Coke and what Sprite is. Uh, Same thing with Diet Coke. Um, The water bottles look very similar to a regular water bottle. You'll see what it is, and the Dasani label is a little skewered because of the the text in the script, but you'll know what it is. So that's going to be there beginning May 31st at Disneyland and August 29th at Walt Disney World. Some of the other things that were shared was the fact that some of the voice actors will be coming back to reprise some of their roles. If you remember... The character of Rex from the original Star Tours that was voiced by Paul Rubens. Well, Rex will now be in Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. He's a DJ in Oga's Cantina. So Paul Rubens will be voicing that. Frank Oz, who was Yoda, will also be voicing Yoda once again somewhere in the new land. We don't exactly know where. John Williams will also be doing new music for Galaxy's Edge. And as a matter of fact, he's written a theme for Batu, the planet that you're on. And I want you to hear a little bit of it. Um, this is about 30 seconds of the theme from Galaxy's Edge in this week's Sound of Disney clip. Williams is nothing short of amazing. Seriously. You'll also get to have um, some fun on the Disney Play app. Now, again, I've never used this app, but you'll be able to use this app during Galaxy's Edge. Uh, Using the app, you'll be able to access different things around the land. It'll interact basically around you, so you'll be able to translate, you know, if a script is something's written on a box that you can't understand, you'll be able to translate what that is. You can quote-unquote plug in, like R2-D2, to kind of get a sense of your surroundings. You'll have a tuning tool to allow you to listen in on transmissions from the land's satellite dishes and antenna, Um, a translation device to read the sign 
lines on Batu, which is the land that you're going to be in. So all kinds of fun stuff like that. You'll also have an outpost control game that will allow you to pick whether you can help the resistance or the First Order to control surveillance panels installed throughout the land. So you'll have some fun stuff like that. So I got some sound bites for you from the celebration panel. I wanted to play for you real quick. Josh Gad was hosting the event. Walt Disney Imagineering's Scott Trowbridge was on stage with Josh Gad and a few other creative leaders there, and he was talking a little bit about the rise of the Resistance Ride. So I want you to hear some of that from Star Wars Celebration. So opening later this year, we have another big attraction that's part of Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. It's called Star Wars Rise of the Resistance. Oh, yes. Yeah, and it is the most epic, it is the biggest, it is the, 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 one of the most complex attraction experiences that we or anybody else has ever built. So if you go outside of the village, go outside of Black Spire Outpost, in the forested area, in the remains of the ancient ruins, as we often do, that's where we find the resistance, and they're encamped there, and they're looking for new recruits, that's going to be us. But because it's Star Wars, not everything goes according to plan, and we might even find ourselves prisoners of the First Order and captive on board a Star Destroyer. I know. And if you've ever really been on a Star Destroyer, it's not a lot of fun. You want to get off that Star Destroyer, and that's what, exactly what we're going to do. Um, you know, and, and, and because it's Star Wars, it is going to be epic. This is the biggest attraction we've ever built. It is filled with... I've characters. heard rumors that there's like a, an extravagant amount of time that you spend in this attraction, like a minute and 30 seconds or something. It's more than that. It's more than that. Because it should be epic because Star Wars, right? Yeah. That's why we're going big with this attraction. Um, and so, listen, I don't want to give it away, but you know, you're going to face the First Order. You may even come face-to-face -face with... Kylo Ren? I didn't say it. You did. Oh. All of those fan-favorite characters are going to be there. And if you can survive this encounter with the First Order, if you can survive an encounter with Kylo Ren and make it back to the planet in one piece, you will be celebrated as a hero of the Resistance, celebrated throughout the land. Can't wait to share this experience with you later uh, when we open later this year. The executive creative director for Millennium Falcon Smuggler's Run, uh, Asa Kalama, was also on stage with Josh and Scott and a few other people. And uh, he was sharing some things about the ride itself, including a description of the exit hallway. Disney made the exit hallway part of the experience. Listen to this. This that we knew we had to do as soon as we started developing Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. We knew that we had to give guests that opportunity to step aboard the Millennium Falcon, but we knew that that wasn't enough, right? This idea that you would just get to ride inside the Millennium Falcon, but we actually wanted to give you the opportunity to control the Millennium Falcon. So guests are going to get to load into that iconic cockpit and take controls of the fastest hunk of junk of the galaxy, and it's going to be unlike anything we've ever offered our guests before. As a, as a pilot, uh, you have the opportunity to either steer the ship left or right or up and down, and it's truly up to you to pilot the ship out of the way of those spires, for example. If you don't, you're going to smash into them, alarms are going to go off, sparks are going to fly, and it'll be up to the engineers in the back of the cockpit to work furiously to keep the ship in you know, working order. We got TIE fighters coming at us left and right. It's up to the gunners in the middle to work those lasers and those blasters to truly defend the ship. So it's not just the pilot, the gunners, the engineers, everybody's going to have an experience inside this cockpit Absolutely. that's different. Everybody has a very important role to play, and it's truly up to you and your flight crew to determine the fate of the ship. Um, you know, one of the amazing things about this experience is actually, uh, you know, what, 
even when it's over, the story continues. So as you make your way out of the cockpit at the end of your amazing smuggling adventure, even, the, even that iconic hallway that you make your way through, yeah. I mean, it's going to look different depending on how you fly. If you had a beautiful, clean run, that hallway is going to be in pristine condition. If you've banged into every possible thing there was to bang into and taken you know, a volley of laser blasts, Lights are going to be broken. We're going to hear sparks flying. You know, we're going to hear uh, calm chatter about the incredible damage that you managed to cause to the ship. Um, and it's it, it's an important uh, it's important that you uh, do what you can to bring the ship back in good working order. Uh, of course, the first phase of Galaxy's Edge opens May 31st on a reservation only basis at Disneyland, and to everybody on June 24th, and on August 31st, I'm sorry, August 29th at Hollywood Studios. Millennium Falcon is the only ride open coming up. Um, the Rise of the Resistance ride will open later. I don't know about you guys, but I am overly excited about this entire thing. I am just so pumped for Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. So let's look over at Disney+. Plus. It's a new streaming service coming out on November 12th. It's going to be $6.99 a month, I believe, or you can pay $69.99 for a total year. Um, I think $6.99 a month is something like $83 for the year. You'll save $13 or $14 by doing it all at one time. A ton of information. Disney, let me tell you the story. I was sitting in front of Jimmy John's uh, sandwich shop the other day, and I was actually looking down at Twitter as I was about to go in. I was checking something, checking a score. I don't know what I was doing. And uh, I noticed that Disney had tweeted some stuff, three or four tweets about uh, about the Disney Plus service, and okay. And so I kind of read the tweets, and I was like, well, that's really cool. Um, one of the biggest tweets was the Simpsons tweet, and I'll get to that in a second. And I noticed that about every three or four minutes, they were tweeting something else about the Disney Plus service. And so as I went in, I got our food, got back in the car, was driving back home to, to feed the family, I kept refreshing, I kept checking at a red light, when I got home, I would check... And basically, they tweeted like 25 times this massive line of tweets about the new service. And I want to kind of give you some insight as to what's coming. So when do you get the Disney Plus downloading service? It will be a lot like Netflix. It's going to have the same kind of interface where you have, you know, you look on the screen, there'll be a banner ad there, a banner of whatever, maybe a feature movie or something, and you'll be able to choose Disney, and you can choose Pixar, and you can choose Nat Geo, which is National Geographic. You can choose Fox. You can choose whatever, some other stuff. So it's all going to be right there in front of you. So then, they'll have a downloading uh, service that you can do. It's basically, you can download stuff online, and uh, you know you can watch it later when you're not actually attached to your computer or to a Wi-Fi signal. You can create your own profile with character avatars. So if I wanted to be Mr. Incredible, or if I wanted to be you know Kronk, or whatever, I could do that. My wife could do Rapunzel, or whatever it is that she wants to do, so we create our own. Launch Day is going to have a lot of stuff on it already, so as soon as it launches, you're going to have just a... a plethora of options, including Captain Marvel, which will appear for the first time exclusively on launch day on um, uh, on the Disney Plus streaming service. You're also going to have the Disney Signature Collection, which is going to be this, I guess, a massive amount of movies. Disney's already saying that just about everything will be available. I'm assuming everything will be available on launch day or for the most part, very, very soon after. All Pixar movies will be there for the first, in the first year, all Pixar movies will be available. All Star Wars films will be available in the first year, which is pretty incredible. I have heard, and this is a story that I've, I read a couple of years ago, so it could have changed, it could be different, that Turner Broadcasting, which owns TBS and TNT and a few other things, they had the rights 
to Star Wars and all the, the original trilogy, Star Wars, Empire Strikes Back, and Return of the Jedi. So I don't know if they've struck up a deal with Disney or if they just sold it back. I have no idea. But they're going to have all the stuff in the first year or so, which is going to be great. Lots and lots and lots of new shows coming, including Marvel shows. Uh, WandaVision uh, is coming. That sounds like a ridiculously stupid title, by the way. But WandaVision is coming. It's going to be a show created for about the Avengers, including Vision and including uh, Wanda... Uh, Scarlet Witch. That's her name. Elizabeth Olsen is the Scarlet Witch. So they'll be together in this show. Uh, Loki has got a new show coming, as well as Diego Luna and Alan Tudyk. From, uh, they'll be in a Cassian, uh, Cassian show from Rogue One, so that's Star Wars. I have heard that, uh, I believe it's Falcon and Bucky Barnes will have a show coming together, Back to the Avengers. And I've, I was told that when, um, when that was tweeted, that uh, Sebastian Stan just tweeted like, okay... As in, maybe he didn't know. I don't know, so that's coming. High School Musical series is coming. So you'll have a High School Musical series on for whatever that w- that's worth. They're going to have over 7,500 episodes and 500 films available within the first little bit of it opening. Of course, they own Fox now, so they get access to that entire library. In terms of Disney Channel content, 5,000 episodes of Disney Channel content with there are dozens, maybe hundreds of shows they've had, as well as over 100 Disney Channel movies will be available. So you can go back and watch all of the High School Musical movies before you watch the show. Fox shows uh, like Malcolm in the Middle and things like that will be there, as well as, as movies like The Sound of Music, Princess Bride. Uh, so you'll get that. National Geographic will be a big part of the show. They're going to have the world according to Jeff Goldblum. This actor, who is an American treasure, will be basically pulling back the curtain on a familiar object to reveal a world of astonishing connections, science, and a whole lot of big ideas in this new documentary series. I just read that off the D23 website. I don't really know what that means, but that's coming. Uh, The magic of the Animal Kingdom. You can journey into the Walt Disney World Resort into this series, which takes viewers behind the scenes with animal care experts veterinarians and biologists at Animal Kingdom and, of course, over at Epcot's Aquarium. A Phineas and Ferb movie will be coming, as well as a live-action Lady and the Tramp movie. I don't even know what to do with that. What? Live-action? I didn't even, I don't even think I heard that it was coming, but I did look it up on IMDb, and apparently it's going to star Tessa Thompson as Lady, uh, Justin Thoreau as Tramp, and you'll have other ar- actors in there, Thomas Mann, uh, Sam Elliott, Janelle Monet, Janelle Monet, uh, Benedict Wong. They're all going to be in there as well. So there's a live-action uh, live action Lady and the Tramp coming, which just was mind-blowing to me. I didn't even know that was on the horizon. We'll also have some mo- new movies coming up, uh, one called Noel. I believe it's a Anna Kendrick-led Christmas film. Togo, uh, Timmy Failure, Stargirl, those are all names of movies coming up. We don't know a lot about those. I know that Willem Dafoe will be in there somewhere, so he's got a movie coming up, and some great directors are coming. It's it's going to be really cool. I think the big news that everybody was just excited about was that The Simpsons will be available. Now, that's a question that people had for Disney once they own Fox because they own The Simpsons. People know that there's a Simpsons land over at Universal. And so people were wondering, what are they going to do with The Simpsons? All 30 seasons are coming to, uh, to Disney Plus on launch day. So if you're a Simpsons fan, they're going to pull it off of FX which I believe is where it's streaming now, and they're going to put it exclusively on Disney. You will only have Disney Plus access to The Simpsons all 30 seasons, day one, which is insane. It's really, really cool. I think that's it's because they know it's a hot property. It's a property that will be popular for a long, long, long time. So again, it will be available this U.S. this November, and will basically go across the globe in the next, I don't know, year or so. Um, within the next two years, it'll be all major regions of the world. And you're going to have so much stuff. There's going to be so much stuff to choose from, which is going to be awesome. So there you go, Disney+. Plus. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. It's kind of a news-filled episode. Again, got to talk a little bit about Star Wars, talk a little bit about Disney+, Plus, some Hagrid, some other stuff. 
Don't forget to find me and follow me online because on May 5th, I've got the Parkeology Challenge coming up. Myself and my good friend Joey will be hitting Disneyland uh, and California Adventure where we attempt to ride every open attraction in one day. I think it's going to be anywhere from 48 to 53 attractions, depending on what actually is open that day. I know some things may be down for refurb, but we're going through the entire day. So follow online, follow on Twitter, follow on Instagram. I primarily will be doing updates on Twitter. Uh, because I have to, because it is Parkeology that uh, that does it. So we'll be kind of kind of tweeting them. But I will have pictures and updates and videos and stuff all along as well. I've got a YouTube channel, by the way. Search Magic on a Dollar on YouTube. I've got some videos that are going up, and there's only a couple of videos there, but there will be more videos coming across the spectrum of things from resorts to park stuff to park ambiance, streetmosphere, things like that. It's all going up. So I'd love for you guys to check that out. And, Subscribe. Go to iTunes. Subscribe to the show. Listen, rate, review. I'd love to hear your reviews. I'd love to hear your ratings. Hopefully it's five stars, but hey, if it's one star, shoot me an email, magicondollar uh, at gmail.com, and let me know, hey, I'm going to give you one star because, so that way I can know how to fix it. I hope you guys have a magical, magical week, and don't forget to thank a Phoenician. Thanks for listening. Continue the conversation by following us on Twitter and Instagram at magiconadollar. Facebook at Disney on a dollar. And of course, magiconadollar.com. See you real soon.